Welcome to the Chaos Network. Now you're all in big, big trouble. What time is it? We will throw out all kinds of sports topics. The moment Delonte West banged LeBron's mom, LeBron had every right to do whatever he wanted to do. Yeah, that's horrible. Political views. If we get rid of abortion in the United States, what happens when Bethlehem Roethlisberger is uh, holding down <laughs> some chick and gets her pregnant and she can't get rid of the baby? <laughs> Is that your best? Random rants and stuff. Are you supposed to record podcasts over? I'm your huckleberry. I do drugs all my life. My life will be shorter. Oh, Peyton Manning breaks his fucking arm. <laughs> well, we got, what, week six, I believe, is, and oh, just about in the books with the late games coming in, so I think we'll be talking quite a bit about that tonight. So we've got, uh, we've got, uh, Kind of, I almost said two guys in Mike and Sports because it is just me <laughs> and Gov, and I'm uh, a little hammered. By a little hammered, I mean I think this is beer number eight. And for me, like Scotty can have eight beers and probably pass the sobriety test. I have four and I'm done. So uh, bear with me when I slur my speech and my drool plate is completely gone. At least I have backup tonight. I mean backup tonight with Gov, so I'm good there. Um, what the fuck? Oh, uh, and Gov and I were just talking off the way, uh, off the air. By the way, San Francisco won and covered. Gov, I don't know if you saw that or not. So, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? Doing well, man. Yeah. Solid day, man. Took the uh, little guy to a, I guess you call it a farm, but it's really they call it an adventure farm. You know, so you have like a petting zoo, which I know you like. Uh, like the idea of having a chaos petting zoo. Uh, uh, there's only one animal there, and that's you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I went out there, took some photos, man. Got some great shots. Uploaded them to Facebook so family could see. Uh, and then came home and did work, man. Uh, packing for my flight, still not done. And then mowed the yard. I don't know what that means, but I you guess I need to join. Uh, yeah, I got to join. Uh, you know, the Mexicans family. Oh. You know what? Hopefully this is this is probably your last. Did, is, did you mow all year, or did you hire people to do it? No, man. This is the. Uh, I bought a new mower this year, so I mowed uh, the front half of summer, uh, and then my mom came to visit uh, and stayed for a couple weeks when little man came. Uh-huh. She mowed once, and then that was during the heat season, so it basically didn't have to mow it for another month. So this is really uh, probably the sixth time I've used my mower uh, that you go spend thousands of dollars on. Oh. Uh, <laughs> we heard about this mower. This is the travesty mower that where you had the problem with the shop shopping for it, right? That's right. Well, no, I didn't have a problem shopping for it. I had problems having to get delivered. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Remember we talked about that on the show. Holy cow. Well, those fuckers had no problem taking my money. They just had a problem giving me yeah, the product. Which is which? Well, look, dude. I'm glad you. I'm glad you trimmed some bush today, brother. I'm glad you trimmed some bush. <laughs> I I hope to do that a little bit later on. Um. Well, fuck. Uh, what do we got going on? Well, um, screw it. Let's just get into some housekeeping, brother. You got housekeeping for me? Absolutely do, man. So if any listeners out there would like to call in this evening, uh, call us at 646-378-0793. Uh, you know, Snowflake's going out of town. I, I call it his second home. So if you want to uh, wish him uh, a good drive since he's driving to Nashville, Tennessee, so you can hit him at, at Kendall Scott. Uh, tell Hollywood how much of a pussy he is for riding a lemon shark and tell him about your uh, ride of a great white shark at SOW Hollywood. Uh, and our good friend Chaos, who joined me on the show tonight, loves boobies. So mm-hmm. feel free to put some booby pics up on Twitter uh, and send them or tag him at FNChaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to me, you know, uh, I've got a 
I've got a little bit of a thing coming up. I've got to give a speech uh, at a wedding. Uh, and I've got it pretty much done, but, you know, I've got some fears about what not to say. So uh, tell me about the worst thing that I could say at a uh, during a best man speech at Governor underscore Baines. If you want to hit the show up, just hit us all at sports, the letter R way blog, uh, and you would uh, we'd all see that one. So uh, for all those listeners out there, again, uh, and in case you missed the number at the top, 646-378-0793. All right, well, I'll start off the tweet. Uh, the tweeting, and I'll just say it on the air. So a line for your best man speech. I forgot you're working on this. If you want to work in there, um, love is blind, but marriage is the eye-opener is always a good line. So you can throw that in there. Yeah, you didn't see that one coming. You thought I was going to say, yeah, put it in a butthole. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I forgot something like, hey, I could use that. Like, I, I figured I should use my philosophy about wives, mistresses, and girlfriends, but I'll leave that out of the speech, too. Um, let's just be honest. I have lived by that since I, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people know that because you've told me that, and I've uh, reciprocated. I haven't took it into I need a work wife, a work mistress. And, uh, yeah, so. Um, wow. Yeah. You, yeah. you took it a little deeper. Yeah. Congratulations, man. <laughs> I'm just trying to find any modification in which I can because um, it's a great philosophy. So screw it. Let's uh, Let's get this shit started. This is another public service announcement. Did you just tell me that eating pussy is going to give me cancer? Yep. Oh, good. God is going to be my DMAS. But as they say in the U.S. Navy, there is no wrong hole. No. Getting a little strange on daytime TV. You are broke back, Jack. I'm your huckleberry. Also DMAS. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. All right, so even though he couldn't be on the show tonight, and it was nice to have him on on Thursday... Uh, Scotty actually sent up this DMAF, and the DMAF tonight is the Pierre Police Department. Oh, you're so lucky, Pierre. Look up Lucky Pierre on uh, on Urban Dictionary, and you'll understand exactly what uh, what these guys are, are kind of all about. Now, Gov did a little bit more digging into this, but so I'm going to go just based off the story, and I'll let him give his thoughts on it afterwards. But uh, they actually tased a 8-year-old girl after receiving a report that she had stabbed herself in the leg and appeared suicidal. Not not sure uh, how those two really coincide. Well, you know, she's she's looked suicidal, she's got a knife in her hand. They said she was stabbing herself in the leg. That's what the the reports they had heard. They didn't see any proof of this. They didn't actually <clears throat> see a wound on the leg. They didn't actually see her stab herself in the leg. They just, you know, she had the knife up to her throat, I believe it was, was acting quite crazy, and they believed that the best course of action would be to tase the eight-year-old girl. Not, say, do something silly like offer her candy, talk her down, um, kind of find out what was going on. I mean, she's eight. I'm pretty sure you'd get close enough and overpower her, just find a way to be, I don't know, savvy. No, instead, we're just going to rip out the taser and go ahead and shoot the bitch and knock her down, which she's our, sorry, not the bitch, the eight-year-old girl. I apologize. I forgot I was talking about an eight-year-old girl. That but over the past few weeks on the show, we've talked about kids a lot and, and, and like how they're being suspended from school for, um, you know, playing at, in their front yards uh, uh, while they're waiting for a bus 
or, you know, just uh, how they're getting suspended for invisible guns. Now you have cops tasing kids. Uh, actually, what was the last one we talked about? A, a kid uh, in her Barbie car actually got, you know, a, a ticket for it. Now, it ended up being not as, as, as bad as, as it sounded initially. The cop made it out to Barbie, which is kind of comedy. But how do you go about trying to stop somebody from hurting themselves by tasing them? There seems like there's a million other ways that you can go go about this, but the quick way to do it is to use some sort of force. Again, I, it baffles me that people don't sit there and remember that they're dealing with an eight-year-old child. I mean, I know, uh, the, what was it, the 10-year-old who uh, was playing doctor with the four-year-old is up for adult charges for uh, rape. I mean, I don't normally ask the question what society is coming to, but when things like this happen, I mean, what the fuck is society coming to? So for the Pierre Police Department in this case, thank you, Scotty. You're definitely, they're definitely the DMAFs of the day. That's all I got, buddy. Well, I appreciate that. You know, uh, I read that same article, uh, you know, and I took it multiple different ways. Yeah, at first, I was flabbergasted, and then what did I do? I just Google eight-year-old kid tased. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I found a bunch of other articles where the same thing happened. There was one commonality. Most of the time these kids are tased, they're either out of control or suicidal. Uh, now, the one where it was, uh, I think, a 12-year-old at a death yeah, school, so you, uh, that, that, was a, uh, that was a totally different story because how are you going to talk them down? Uh, yeah, you're not going to sign them down, that's for sure. Right. Uh, but there's a part of this that is twisted. And, and here's, I think it roots, and I'm going to try not to make this a totally different rant, but I don't trust the fucking media anymore. Oh. Uh, it when you read this article, it, they interviewed the parents, she's in pain and all this other stuff, but what's the other side of that? How much pain would she be in if she killed herself or if she did actually slice her neck and they were able to help her? Because it was a paring knife, and we all know how sharp those are. Yeah, right. There's the smallest knife in the drawer, but the fact is it's just like a fillet knife. It, it slices deep and slices, uh, like, very, very uh, well. You know, so it's just a very sharp knife. So I'm like... I kind of side with the cops a little bit. I think they, you know, without knowing the whole story, because they don't give us, here's how long the cops talked to the girl in this article. So they don't give us the full facts. They give us just the parent side, and then they try to shock us with eight-year-old girl tased. Right. Uh, and when you read the article, you know, you suicidal, holding a knife to her chest and her neck. Like, okay, well, at least they did something, you know. So I was grateful that they did something. But I, what I what I hate is the people who wrote the article without talking about the facts of how long the cops went through it. Uh, they just talked about the facts of how many volts, and trust me, that was what they almost led with, is how much right. voltage comes out of a taser. I, I flagged bullshit immediately, especially on this particular uh, case. Uh, I, I do believe there's other less lethal ways to get in there, uh, you know, to do things versus a taser. Uh, but at the same time, we anybody who's seen uh, Hangover, or hangover two, uh, we know what a taser does to somebody. It pretty much makes them involuntarily uh, convulse, uh, and they can't flex their muscles because the shock is going through their body, so it prevents them from doing anything. And that goes into my second side. Uh, you know, kids these days uh, are a little out of control, uh, and I'm not saying all of them. There's a lot of well-behaved kids uh, until they become 18 or 19 because they've been coddled so long. Uh, so I think, you know, a lot of this, it's, it's got to come to the parents. If, if the girl had emotional distress, 
you know, where were they this whole time? Uh, they're on the hook too, man. So it's not just the cop having to step in and potentially save this girl's life by tasing her. But there's another step uh, to it. Like, what were the parents doing? What were the signs? Were they involved in this kid's life? And if they were or were not, you know, what's the proof of that? Where did that show up in the article? I mean, secondary to that, why are the parents sitting there, well, woe is me, my daughter's in pain uh, because this guy tased my tased her uh, when the real facts are they should be saying, hey, at least she's alive. Yeah, all that, I, I'm with all that. I, I just... I think when you sent out the story before, and then it was either you or someone else uh, sent out that it's the policy of the police department. It just seems like there should be a different policy. I, I, you're right on every. I mean, I'm I'm fully supportive of what you're saying. Where, where were the parents? What was going on with them? You know why? You know it it gets the job done. I mean, it, you, you totally you know you're, you're going to incapacitate the kid. They're not going to hurt themselves anymore. Truth is, like you said, uh, the media has blown it way out of proportion. But I wonder how true some of it is. Like, she didn't have any, she she didn't cut herself in the leg. She didn't stab herself in the leg. I'm sure she was acting a fool. And, look, it works. There, there's no doubt about it. But it just seems like there's a, a, a better avenue that could have gone down. And I think, uh, I'm not saying you're not saying that, because I think we're both in agreement with that. Yeah. And the, and the funny part, the with my segmentality, I'm like, well, the cop was pretty close to her in order to taser. Because that's how these taser guns work. You have to be you know, within usually about 10 to 12 feet at the right. furthest at the furthest range to be accurate. Uh, I'm like, look at the cop that was 25 feet back with the beanbag gun. Because <laughs> I don't know, that's a less lethal option. I don't know if you know yeah. about beanbag guns, but it's yeah. basically a big, giant, almost like grenade launcher style gun. You know, that's, they consider that to be a less, less lethal option, you know, that was going to try to, you know, incapacitate her with that. So I guess uh, in the end, the taser gun sounds better to me. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. It's just, I don't, I don't know, give her candy, give her something. Anyway, it's, it's. I, I kind of like your take on the about the media, though, and how they spin it and what they do with it. It can it can really, uh, you know, it's like when we're searching what bets we want to go after. We can find, you know, whatever stat we want to support either side. We just got to sift through the right stats to know what the right bet is. It seems like they're just trying to throw out so much stupid information that seems meaningless at times to support, hey, kid gets tasered, where, you know, I react in the way, like, what the hell are they tasering this kid for? Yeah, and if you don't mind, let me transition it into, I mean, sure. it, was a, it was a conversation I was having with some other people around uh, trust of the media today, uh, you know, and the facts are when you have, like, Tom Brokaw's of the past and Walter Cronkite's, what they had to do is that 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 they had to they had to make sure all the information was correct before they put something out. We all saw during like the Boston bombings, all that shit that went down. You know, this past week we had that tragedy with AP. Uh, yeah. You know, and what was what was sick to me it was TMZ and ESPN that were talking about it. It wasn't national news until the kid died. Uh, you know, and that's that's what's sick to me. You know, but when this fucknut Corey from like Glee dies. It's a small oh, story, yeah. and woe is him. Or when Heath Ledger dies, woe is him. And it's a big sob story and a bunch of uh, tributes and everything else. And, like, this is a two-year-old kid that got beaten to death. And the media today was still calling it, uh, you know, a family tragedy. He died. No, he was murdered. Right. Uh, that's the facts, you know. He was murdered. And why isn't this news when 
when Corey goes and shoots mainline heroin in his fucking hotel room and over- overdoses, that that's a big deal. Uh, it makes the national news the same day. And like, it's not a big deal, man. So that's where media is getting it twisted, man. So we, we owe it to, you know, we, and we put a, a pretty straight take on most of the things we're thinking about, but we're not putting information out there that we don't know is true. Uh, and, and and here's how I want to put it. If somebody came out tomorrow and said Barack Obama's uh, daughter was having an affair with one of the Secret Servicemen uh, or is being molested by one of the Secret Servicemen, the media would run with it, mm-hmm. CNN especially. Uh, and they're, they're a DMAF a lot for us because of how uh, quick they are to pull a trigger. Right. Uh, but the facts are is, like, they wouldn't bet it first. They would just take they would take part of the story, uh, and maybe the story was secret service agent was uh, alone with you know one of his daughters, uh, and then they would they would hear a rumor and they would put that out first because they wanted to be the team to break the story, and it could be not true at all, uh, and that information would be out there, uh, or it could be partially true and that information would be out there and it, it ruins people's lives. Yeah, and a couple of things like I think about a couple of things when you say all that. The person that we both like to listen to, the herd, you know, he says many, many times, and I'm sure you've heard it since you've been listening to him for as long as I have, is he doesn't always say things when they break because he wants to make sure it's right. And once he makes sure it's right, and then he'll have his opinion on it and say it. So, you know, it's 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 not always who's first. It's about who's right. But what you were talked about in the beginning made me think about, like, there is no real reporting or journalism anymore there is people who kind of get some information and blog and kind of hide behind that there isn't like you know it's harder to find hardcore i don't know uh, reporters anymore that that dig for their information and and actually break stories they all kind of are in the in the modern day blog scheme and put out opinions and that you know that that, that's that's that so to speak yeah it's it's continual transition i mean uh Wikipedia. Kids believe by it, and they do research by it for their papers today. Yeah. But when you and I were kids, uh, you know, there was a door-to-door salesman selling encyclopedias. Yeah. And when you bought these encyclopedias, they were expensive, two to three grand uh, yeah. for a set. But the reason why they were so valuable is because the information in them were true and was vetted, went through the publisher, because the publisher doesn't want to put something out that's not false, because they'd have to pull that information and recant it or potentially have to give somebody an updated set because it was wrong. Yeah. No, but Wikipedia can just have all this information. It's the same thing in a blog. It's, it's cowardice journalism. Right. Uh, you know, it's I'm trying to prove my worth uh, and without actually, you know, doing all the steps. It's shortcuts. That's what, that, you know, that's what today's society is about. We see it in the millennials, uh, these young kids today. Uh, who <laughs> will come in and do as little as possible uh, and expect the uh, max pay or max capacity and expect a promotion just because they've been there for a certain period of time, uh, but they didn't actually do work uh, or do the work of the position they're trying to ask for. Those are the challenges we have, you know, and it's it's trying to understand how these individuals think, uh, whether they be faux journalists, because uh, if you're not a Cronkite-style uh, believer, you're a faux journalist. If you don't want to vet your information first, uh, you shouldn't be putting it out there, and I'm never going to trust you. Uh, or, you know, if you're 
popping off at, at the mouth at the bar, you know, you're not a journalist. You're just sharing an opinion. But as soon as that shit lands on a website, uh, that's considered journalism today. We we had that with the uh, sports our way. We had the, the the couple of blogs we had, but we were based full, solely on opinion of of what uh, what the facts were going on in the story, which were we had some pretty good blogs going. But let's talk about something you mentioned earlier. So, uh, you know, AP and his two year old son uh, passed away, uh, got killed, died, um, and that's probably the lead story I would say out of everything that happened over the course of the week. <clears throat> and I guess if you look at AP's life. He had a he, when he was seven years old. He had a brother that uh, uh, died in a uh, uh, drunk driving accident um, when 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 he was nine. He got killed, um, and then I think it was another brother died. Uh, I think he, he was shot. I forget exactly what it was, but it was another horrible death the night before his combine, and he went to the combine the next day. He's got a dad who um, is in uh, jail right now. Uh, been in jail for uh, years due to drugs and, and violence. Um, this is probably, well, I won't say probably, in my opinion, this is the best running back in football, one of the classiest people in football, too. Um, and for him to go through what he went through this week, and then even worse, Minnesota gets crushed 35, or not even worse, but to top it off, Minnesota gets crushed 35 to 10 today. I mean, is it, can, can you imagine anybody who doesn't cheer for this guy? Can you imagine what kind of week he had now, especially that you're a new father? Yeah, I mean, I know of the Vikings' history, and one, I commend him because he he wanted to play. He told the Vikings he wanted to play, and he expected to play today. You know, uh, that's a hell of a week. It's a a hell of a lot to think about. It's a hell of a lot to digest. But he's pushed through tragedy all his life. Uh, When you think about the number of people he's lost, uh, the life he's had to live, uh, and maybe that's maybe that's part of his drive. I mean, when you look at him, uh, injured out of injured his senior year in college coming into into the pros and look at his turnaround mm-hmm. and then a couple of years ago blows out uh acl mcl you know i think all three pcl yeah. as well yeah. and then makes a miraculous comeback uh and that's all on hard work you know so you know he'll persevere but how do you really as a father uh regardless of how much you're there i know that's part of another story you know, regardless of how much time you get to spend with your child how do you persevere by putting them in the ground before you go on the ground? I can't imagine, especially a two-year-old child. I mean, and a violent death. And it, I mean, if someone dies due to natural causes, that's no fun in itself. But this, right. I mean, his it, the 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 ex-girlfriend or one-night stand or whatever she was. I'm not even clear on exactly what she was. His boyfriend kills the kid. I mean, that's. I mean, Jesus, the guy, the fact that, I mean, I get why he was out there on the field. I get it because that's his sanctuary. I mean, that's what he knows. That's what he's done his whole life. And that's how his his life is kind of built. But holy shit, man, I can't imagine him going through that. I expected him to touch the ball 50 times and to go for 330 yards today, something ridiculous like that. The problem is the Vikings' offense was just horrible. The defense couldn't stop anybody, and they just didn't get him in a position to do so. Yeah, I mean, when it really comes down to it, brother, uh, I think this is his coping tool. Uh, It's probably been his coping tool all of his life with the additional history that, obviously, we all looked up this week and uh, some of the other networks from the sports areas, Fox and ESPN and everybody else, were also bringing up. Uh, But when it comes down to it, uh, you know, 
he still showed up today. You know, he may not have touched the ball 50 times. He may not have done right. that 300-yard single season or single uh, game rushing record that we all were hoping that he would be able to do today. Uh, not for fantasy purposes, not for greed. Trust me, he was probably on the team against me for all I know, but I would have been cheering for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but, you know, when it comes down to it, the still the hardest part for me to believe is, like, somebody murdered this kid, you know. Yeah. And as, as a dad, you know, uh, you know, one, I can't, I can't fathom not having – uh, my little boy uh, in my life, all my life until I pass, you know, but if something were to happen like a car accident or, you know, a train wreck or something like that where it wasn't in anybody's control and it's very limited fault, trust me, I'd seek for fault all the time. Like if a plane crashes, I'd be probably looking at Boeing or Airbus saying, hey, why weren't you doing these maintenance checks or you've had this many uh, issues before, or if he was on a Toyota Camry, like why the hell, or or Prius, why why is the gas pedal still stuck? But it's still an accident. This was not an accident. This is intentional by some guy's hand, uh, you know. And like it's a two-year-old. They're not huge. There's lots of little pictures of this kid, and I've, sh- I've shared a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they're so small and delicate. Like no matter what they did, it couldn't have been that bad, you know. When I was a kid, that I would. I accept like a, a spanking uh, right. or or a switch or a belt. Like my parents didn't use you know, like a switch. You know, I think that's probably the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Yeah. You know, but you know, but it was always reasonable, right? But a, like a brutal beating where you end up in critical condition and then die from it, that's not reasonable. Uh, you know, a spanking and then a stern talking to is is reasonable. You know, and in today's society, if you give a spanking, you're just like. Uh, give up your parent card immediately. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that's what, you know, it just sits with me. You know, the only justice I have, and I know there's been lots of jokes of, you know, pictures of uh, AP and Aaron Hernandez and uh, or AP and the mob or AP and Al Pacino and that kind of stuff. Right. But the only justice I, I believe will come true is this motherfucker is going to go to jail and mm. people who murder kids, uh, are you the bottom bitch in jail? Yeah, there's a, just the sole fact that this guy killed a two-year-old, and then you throw in the fact that he killed AP's son. Somebody in there is going to be like, they're they're first thing you're, they're, he's not going to have any any cred in there anyway. The second thing they're going to think they're doing AP a solid by killing this guy anyway. So this guy, he better be in solitary because he doesn't stand much of a chance. And AP was drafted seventh overall in 2007 and the only reason I think he fell that far was due to that knee injury he was the first running back off the board obviously the second one's Marshawn Lynch which was uh about six picks later but it kind of like he's only been in the league since 2000 it feels like he's been in the league a hell of a lot a lot longer and the number one overall pick that year by the way was Jamarcus Russell you talk about a bust. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah, the number two, Calvin Johnson. I, I would say that one definitely outperformed the other. But, yeah, you're right. He has overcome the shredded knee at Oklahoma, um, the shredded everything at Minnesota. Pretty much, you know, was, how close was he to, to breaking the single-season rush record? I think it was like six yards. And, uh you know, he's kind of off to a, a slow rushing total this year, but, uh, you know, he, he plays for a pathetic team that's going to have a new starting quarterback probably next week. So we'll see what happens. It's just, you know, it, if you don't pray, you don't anything, it's thoughts, prayers, good vibes, whatever you, you have out there definitely needs to be sent to him because he's I, – I, I said this 
like for weeks. Uh, all the anytime I talk about Adrian P- Peterson, I don't think there's anybody in the league uh, or who watches football that that can dislike Adrian Peterson. Now, especially since this happened, everybody's got to be cheering for him. That's for sure. Right. And it- and I, I think you bring up a good point uh, from the, you know, send them good, good vibes, you know, no matter how spiritual you are, how religious you are, do whatever works for you, you know, because this, this is the upcoming week uh, where he'll actually hit the morning stage mm-hmm. uh, because he, he, you go through the denial and anger and the whole grief cycle at the beginning, you know, this just happened four days ago, uh, you know, and it, though the weight of it had to hit him some already, you know, uh, I imagine this is the upcoming week where they're going to have to, you know, uh, say their goodbyes and yeah. uh, either cremate or bury. And that, that's that's the reality point uh, for most. Uh, you know, they, they become numb a little bit at the beginning uh, and they go through that grief cycle. This is going to be the week that I think will be the most trying for him. And, you know, I, I hope that Leslie Frazier and his teammates uh, continue to support and put, put themselves in a position to uh, – show the NFL how to treat uh, one of their own teammates mm-hmm. in a proper way going through a tragedy. Cause this is a true tragedy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about that, like right now, like at this moment, it's probably one of the harder ones. Cause I can imagine the game's over. He's probably at home or, or whatever. Cause it was played in Minnesota, I believe. And he's alone. And those are going to be the hardest moments. That's that the hardest thing for me. wasn't exactly, I remember watching my mom pass, uh, and the last breath was sucked. But when I got home and there was nothing to plan for and there was nothing to do anymore, that's the part that sucked. So, yeah, definitely send those thoughts out. But let's talk some more uplifting stuff, or at least our thoughts. Now, we watched a lot of football today. I mean, there's still a game we got money on here coming up. But uh, you had the, the, the big spread. Now Jacksonville covered that spread, which you had, Jacksonville. Good for you. Uh, most of the guys had Jacksonville, but is there anything you saw today that you know in the football action where you're like you took away was action good that you watched, bad that you watched? Did you enjoy your day? What'd you think? Well, you know the football action. First and foremost, I want to you, you love that saying. I uh, do. I, <laughs> I, I, I want to thank the Thursday show uh, because part of me was like Denver's going to crush this team. It's Peyton Manning. Uh, he's going to go throw for – he's going to go break Matt Flynn's uh, record that uh, he made a couple years ago, right. like 600 yards and six touchdowns or something stupid like that. Uh, you know, and that's where my belief was emotionally. I'm like, they're playing Jacksonville. These guys are chumps. Uh, but reality hit me uh, Friday when I'm driving home from uh, Dubuque, Iowa, and listening to the show, and I hear the math of it. You know, I'm a analytical guy, you know, and – uh, I, I hear the math of it. I was like, oh, yeah, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Right. You know, and I was hoping I'd get it at the 28. Some of you guys got it at, but at right. 26 and a half, I was still solid. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> a couple of thoughts from games because uh, a lot of my stuff was on sat radio today, a little bit of TV watching, uh, you know, uh, second half mostly, were for the first part of the day, the Packers. James Jones out, mm-hmm. and Randall Cobb hurts himself. Mm-hmm. If those two are, like, seriously hurt, what happens to the Packers? If, you know, because I think that division's up for grabs if, if if they continue down the path they're on. The Bears on Thursday look like shit. 
Yeah. Defensively, uh, they had nothing. They literally had nothing. I know it was a short week, but like, that's an old defense at this point in time. Uh, you know, and they've got the best record in the in their division. But where did it? Uh, or going in going into this week, they had the best record in the division. Where will they stand if they if they just showed the playbook uh, for how to beat them uh, in, in week six? You know, so that's the challenge I think that the Bears will have. You know, the Lions, man, they're just still trying to find their groove as a team. You know, Admin Bush this year, Calvin Johnson six, Stafford. You know, so like who really comes out to win this of these three teams now? You know, especially if the Packers continue to hurt themselves. And the Packers haven't looked impressive, even with the their everybody healthy. But without everybody healthy, um, you know, you lose two receivers like that. Jermichael Finley, he'll catch a pass and then he'll knock a pass down. You can't rely <laughs> on that guy. I mean, not at all. He had he had an okay day today, but there was really no one else to throw to. So they're going to be pulling guys off the practice squad. And Aaron Rodgers is, you know, he, he may put it there, but may end up just like Tom Brady. Tom Brady's got more drop passes by his receivers than anybody else in the NFL, and that may happen here to uh, to uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. I, I think uh, you're right. I mean, Detroit beats a good, and, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but a, a pretty good Cleveland team, 31-17. to Cleveland was 3-2, and two and they were playing well. That defense was solid. You know, Brandon Whedon is not a good quarterback, and, you know, uh, if they had, uh, what was it, Hoyer in there still, might have mm-hmm. been a better game. Uh, but, you know, Josh Gordon still, I, I, this guy impresses the hell out of me. He's the only one on my fantasy team besides the Sean Jackson that's put up points. By the way, I suck at fantasy. Don't ever listen to me. This, don't listen to me this year. 2013, <laughs> not my year. Not my year for fantasy, for anything. So I'll just get that out of the way. Gov, you know all, and it looks like you know uh, St. Louis is up on the Dodgers, which is a whole another thing. I'll owe you for that, too. Lots of Lots of sandwiches coming your way, I believe. Long series, man. Long yeah. series. Long series, indeed. But um, Detroit looks good. I can't believe St. Louis taking it to Houston, 38-13. to um, In some of the tweets I follow, uh, oh, no, I think it was on some of the pregame shows I was listening. They had uh, uh, Chad Millman was on and saying Houston was the biggest public uh, uh, betted team in the NFL. And because of that, I almost took St. Louis. Almost took a money line too, but almost, hold on, hold on. You almost hedgehogged? Because I know you put up a bet against Hollywood. On this oh, past week on the show. Yeah. No, no, yeah, but <laughs> it's still hedgehog. Oh, did I? I I forgot about that. I have to go back and listen to it. <laughs> oh yeah, damn, I forgot about he that. He said he was gonna like, I'm gonna bet St. Louis. You're like, I'll take that. Yep. Damn, I I forgot about it. Yeah, I, I that's what he was talking about. I thought he was talking about the Colts winning the. Uh, the uh, the division in the text today, but nope, he was definitely talking about that. Son yeah, about. dude, that was a hell of a call by him. I, I got to put it out there, I'm, and I'm sorry to cut you off. Oh, no, that. you're right. I forgot about it. Good call. Oh, fantastic game from a St. Louis perspective. I don't think, like, you know the Sharps may have been on that game because of the value, uh, you know, or just because they know it's pick six city uh, from uh, – Houston, and, it, and it's clearly not just Shaw because Yates goes in there and throws a pick six, I think a 98-yard pick six. Yep, he did. You know, uh, but the the best part for me is Shaw doesn't have to go through getting pulled uh, because looking at the replay in slow-mo like 19 times like uh, NBC likes to do and, and, and point it out during their pregame for Sunday night, yeah, that dude's got to be done. 
Yeah. Uh, that that league was backwards. Oh, damn. You know, and I think it was Howie Longson yeah. that did it. But uh, yeah, that league was definitely yeah. backwards. So at least Schaub has the uh, uh, capability to go out on his fucking shield and say, hey, at least I wasn't pulled and uh, substituted for. I'm just done. Yeah. And, and and then they bring in the backup who throws, like you said, a pick six and another pick as well. So careful what you wish for. I mean, because... And they looked they looked awful, and they'll be. I mean, the defense couldn't stop anybody. Uh, Arian Foster had a nice game. That was about it. Other than that, holy cow! Who's uh, the offensive coordinator at Houston, brother? Um, I don't know. That's a great question. Uh, I'm guessing it's the same guy. So here's what I'm suspecting. They're they're already figured out. They got to change schemes. Everybody knows either the call or the cadence or. Uh, you know, each part of the lineups, what the threats are. Because to get all these pick six uh, that Schaub's thrown, Schaub's a pretty accurate quarterback. He's not a, a chump, and I don't think he uh, slumps in the offseason, right. you know, around just sitting on his keister and getting fat like Jamarcus Russell did. <laughs> uh, but you've got to wonder, is Kubiak uh, or Kubiak's offensive coordinator, did somebody figure it out? Did, did the other teams really just have enough information on them? Because you know, Shaw's been there for a few years post Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know, and the offense is pretty much the same. You got, you know, you got a solid running back. You've got your Andre Johnson, and you usually have uh, like your Jacoby Jones was a guy for a while. You got your secondary uh, wide receiver or a third wide receiver threat uh, of some either a burner or just a slant guy. Uh, so did somebody figure it out? Uh, and does do people have the playbook on Houston? And that's what's causing the defensive schemes when they're planning for Houston to be able to do all this? Or do you think it's just sloppy, weak play? No, I, I think I think that they're running predictable routes. Uh, you know, they don't challenge deep. I mean, I, I don't – it's very rare that they do, do they actually have a pass in the air over uh, 12 yards, I think it is. So I think the DBs know to jump the routes, and that's where the pick sixes are coming from. Um, the offensive coordinator is Rick Dennison. He's been there for about four years, I think is what he said. Um, and I know the main, like, it's all through Gary Kubiak, who was the offensive coordinator in uh, uh, Denver for, you know, with Elway and for years and years and years. Um, but, yeah, I, I, that's that's one of the things that was pointed out, I think, last week on uh, uh, a countdown show or something, that they just don't throw the ball deep. So the DBs aren't, aren't you know, they don't give a shit. They're just going to go ahead and, and go after them. Which makes mm-hmm. sense, but the problem is you have things you know, like Arian Foster ran for like 120 yards today. Ben Tate, uh, he didn't have a big day; he only had 12 yards, but he had a touchdown. So their run game is still phenomenal. It's just, damn man, they got to throw the ball. And when they do, I think they have thrown going into today, uh, they had thrown more touchdowns to the other team than Jacksonville had thrown to their own team. I think if any team in the NFL just ran the ball more. At this point in time, with the deep, with the offenses that are out there, anybody would be able to put, have a running back over 100 yards a game. Yeah, because it's so pass heavy in the NFL. Nobody nobody's scheming for it. Uh, you know, they're all just going after the pass rush. There's a few obviously, or a few obvious downs mm-hmm. that you do it on. You know, third and two, it's going right. to be a run. It's not going to be a pass. Right. You know, or uh, so I think any. When you have the talent like a six string or a six round draft pick like Arian Foster who just came out of the blue or maybe he's undrafted I forget undrafted that was the undrafted yeah. so when you have a talent like him uh, you know use him as much as possible but don't be don't be shocked when he puts up 125 uh, especially in a losing effort 
Yeah, and it's sad that you see all these great quarterbacks out there, and the team that's got the best running back in the NFL can't get a quarterback, you know. So hopefully Josh Freeman helps them out because, I mean, every quarterback, I can't imagine any quarterback that wouldn't want to play on that team when you have got nine in the box all the time. And, like, Schaub's got that. I mean, he's got that with Arian Foster and now TJ Yates. So, I don't know. I, I think I think you're on to something for sure. You definitely got to call out the offensive coordinator and figure, they got to figure something else out because, you know, they've got – when he's on the field, they got a hell of a receiver with Andre Johnson. They had a good uh, tight end, and Owen Daniels was broken. But And then their rookie uh, wide receiver, I think, from Florida is not bad either. So, they got the weapons. They just don't have the right guy pulling the trigger, I guess. True that, man. Let's, yeah. Hey, let's talk about roulette real quick. Okay. Uh, when I talk about roulette, I'm talking about Breeze and Brady because that's what I'm the that's that's what I bet. Uh, I, I bet third row, bet the nine and twelve, just split it, uh, just put my money right on it, and I bet, uh, and I bet that row is color. Uh, sickest game of the week, right? Uh, by far, and I, I, I think for everybody, that's probably the game of the week when everybody's responding to just that matchup. And unfortunately, Breeze, you know, I don't think his record's that great uh, against New England. But at the same damn time, when you've got the ball twice uh, with, like, 225 to go, why can't you put the game away? Yeah. yeah. That was silly, man. Like, couldn't convert twice. I mean, they came back, you know, and I know you made that second-half bet, so congratulations on rolling. Thanks, bud. Uh, but, well, it comes down to it. Uh, you know, uh, that was the Saints game to lose, and I was uh, excited, uh, almost texting some friends. I'm glad I didn't. Like, hey, uh, the Saints are uh, undefeated. Still, uh, thank God I didn't. Uh, but I still, I guess the thought itself jinxed it. So. Yeah, I mean, I didn't hear you. I didn't see you send a text out that said, "Ah, oh, it's a lock." So I mean, at least at least you stayed away from that. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's what New England does, and and I thought the Saints were going to win too. I mean, I I obviously took them for the game, and they were getting. I think I got them at plus one and a half. But, I mean, New England, every single time they're out, they shut down uh, the opponent's strength. And Jimmy Graham, I don't even think he had a catch today. Yeah, and then he came up uh, He came up limp. Uh, ah! <laughs> <laughs> he came up limp on one of those plays, too, that resulted in interception. Ah. I don't know, man. I mean, who preseason, with all the shit that happened in New England, thought that this team would be 5-1? and one? Yeah, not me. Not me, and and not not beating uh, such a dynamic offense like the Saints, and such a good defense. I mean, yeah, I mean they they have been a great defense except for that last drive. I mean, they played pretty well today. So no, I I didn't think so at all. And you know this will you know thank God they won today because if they'd have lost today, I can imagine somebody showing up at Gronk's house and shooting the guy like they wanted to do to 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 Schaub this past week. Yeah, I mean, I think Gronk is. If you want to transition to Gronk real quick, I don't think that he trusts anybody on the Patriots' uh, medical staff at this point. Yeah. Would you if you had to have four surgeries after they fucked up the first one? I'd be a little worried. I mean, I'm also worried that he's going Derrick Rose, too. I mean, if he's out there and he's running around and he's playing Jimmy Graham on the scout team and doing everything he's supposed to be doing, you know, and, and looks like he could be out there playing and decides not to, I, I know it's kind of up to him, but... You know, you have a team that really, really could use them right now. That's for sure. But you know, uh, just wait till the. I, for me, if they did me bad, 
and I'm still getting paid, which is what's happening, right? Right. If 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 there were some issues there, and we know Gronky's a little bit of a partier. Yeah. So yeah. Probably when they said you can't do anything, he absolutely didn't do anything. He's a little bit different than AP. When they when they told AP you can't do anything, he was out there working out. Yep. When they told Gronk you can't do anything, he probably sat in his chair with a bottle of bourbon and was sipping on it. Yeah. You know, and or you know he had one of his Playboy bunnies or one of these strippers or whatever he usually does. Sure. You know, so I'm sure he was partying it up a little bit. Right. This is time to get in shape. He can't come back and lay a goose egg because we know what New England will do to him then. Oh, yeah, they'll cut him. And, and yeah. you know, and any time they, they cut somebody, they go somewhere else, nothing works out for just about anybody else they let go. I mean, just about. I mean, when they trade him. Except for Welker, right? Yeah, Welker and then uh, uh, the dude, uh, defensive dude, they let go to the Raiders. I forget who it was. Um, but, anyway, yeah, and Welker, what? He's got a touchdown only in every game so far this season. Yeah, I'm sure that makes uh, New England sick every single time they see that. Every Good for him. Yeah, happy for Welker, and but Jesus Christ. And I'm uh, sure you're bitching about Gronk because I think you have him on your bench, right? I'm I'm, I'm trying to look at the thing. Yeah, yeah, no, okay. no, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Cost is zero and six after this week. Yeah, Gronk mm-hmm. is not playing. That's right. that's the news. And breaking news. Let's call it what it is. If Gronk was playing, I probably would be three and three, maybe at the most, probably two and four though. I think I only lost two by close this week. Getting my ass handed to me, so I gotta change. I gotta change. I think I gotta rename myself because I'm doing so damn bad. And it's and it's uh, I just, uh, the sad thing is I look at my team and I still like it. It just sucks. I like a shitty team. Yeah, but you know, uh, looking at where you drafted this year has nothing to do with your name. So if you want to change your name, you can change your name. Yep. Uh, by the way, I hate it. So whoever Eskimo Sisters is, which I can't even tell anymore because. Uh, you know, the pictures don't tell me it. Uh, oh, it's it's Big Al. I hate when people fucking change their names mid-season. <laughs> Al changed his name to Eskimo? I totally missed that. Yeah, it's Sisters. Es- Eskimo Sisters. Yeah, and he's playing Come In My Mouth, which is the worst fucking name ever. <laughs> That's what Nick renamed. So here's the funny thing I think about Al's name is he probably doesn't have an Eskimo brother unless someone else has banged his wife because I don't think he's had a lot of sex in his life. So he doesn't have a lot of Eskimo brothers. You it's a picture of Al between two girls. Oh, uh, I get it. Okay. All right. He should put the one up with not so tan and the two fat girls. Yeah, that'd be even better. That would be the good one. Um, you know, I guess Kansas City keeps doing what they're doing. I mean, their defense was ridiculous. Had a defensive touchdown today. That Oakland Kansas City game was close until I think the middle of the third quarter. I think it was seven to seven, and Casey ended up uh, blowing it open. So I'm. I'm intrigued to see, like, Kansas City-Denver, I think it's week 12. I wish it was, like, two weeks from now because that would be a hell of a game I'd be looking forward to seeing, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of uh, uh, talk when it comes down to that division right now. I and mean, you get, you got to, one, give credit to Andy Reid. Yeah. You know, everybody thought he was done. Emotionally out of it because of the family situation. Uh, Philly's a tough place to play, uh, and it's a tough division to play in. But when he walked into the division he's in right now, he didn't walk into a cakewalk. You know, San Diego could put up points whenever they want. Mm-hmm. 
Oakland is just unpredictable and gangster as hell. So if they want to <laughs> break a leg, they'll break a fucking leg. Uh, their fans scare me more than their players, by the way. This is true. Uh, but Denver was the favorite this year. You know, when it comes down to it, they were the favorite in the AFC. Uh, and he, at this point in time, is putting doubt in people's minds. You know, and I think that doubt definitely stems up. You watch Denver play Jacksonville today. Yeah. Yeah. And they played Dallas last week. You know, so uh, I don't know if it's chinks in the armor. Obviously, as you get deeper in the season, people start figuring some shit out. Uh, but I can tell you, man, KC is a sick overall team from a defense to an offense to a running game. Uh, you know, and what's, what's really funny is they've got a wide receiver in Kansas City uh, that has been considered as like almost like a premier or everybody's kept their eye on him. He's just never been good because the quarterback uh, maybe not have been as tough. To be honest, man, he just doesn't fit into that system. Uh, I believe you're talking about Bo, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's, he's what? Mediocre at best right now. Um, yep. And, and I don't know what they need. I don't know like how, what, what receiver fits, but, I think Donnie Avery's leading that league in in uh, in receiving, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and uh, you know they they have okay to to pretty solid tight end play that's really picked up. Yeah, you're right, man. I mean, you might consider trading Dwayne Bow for you know a, another asset, but boy, that defense he's done a he's done a hell of a job with that defense. You're talking about a team. I think they won what two games last year. Uh, yeah. 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 So there are two. <laughs> So sad, right? Two and fourteen. Yeah. I think they sent six or seven defensive players to the Pro Bowl on a two and fourteen team. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. I didn't know that. Yeah, so look it up, man. You got a computer in front of you. But yeah, I, absolutely, man. I trust I think, you. I, I want to say it was at least six I'm not challenging uh, you. players in Kansas City went to the Pro Bowl last year. So it tells you uh that maybe the offense was the problem in the situation in Kansas City. They bring in they bring in Alex Smith, which I thought was a mistake for uh, 49ers to let him go, and I think it's still proven out. Uh, and Alex Smith, I've never been a fan of, but the fact is, is he's a true quarterback, uh, you know. And I think when a true quarterback shows you who the number one wide receiver is, that to me has made the story. Dwayne Bowe may have been the issue. Yeah, Dwayne yeah. Bowe being this premier wide receiver. And then having Jamal Charles get hurt a couple times forces the quarterback to go to their premier wide receiver more often than not. And Dwayne Bowe is not a premier wide receiver. Uh, it's not looking that way. And, and, and by far, I shouldn't say by far, because I, I don't, I don't want to include the, the defense on this, but by, by far the best player on offense and, and most likely the best player on the team is Jamal Charles. That guy's ridiculous. Yeah, he's sick, dude. As yeah. long as he stays healthy, that team, that team has a chance to go all the way. Yeah, I, I'm – I, 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 you know, if you don't fall in love with what you see, you know, the, the ridiculous yards and, and, and everything else that you see the Denver office putting up, and you just kind of look at both sides of the ball, I, I, I lean a little bit more towards Kansas City right now just because Kansas City played Dallas and handed it to them pretty well. I mean, when they play like opponents, Kansas City's, you know, got the edge versus what Denver's been doing, but Denver's just so damn explosive. Yeah, I mean, they've got their moments. I think they also prep for it. Uh, but I don't know, man. So when I when I, when I I look at that team, I look at, all right, so Denver, Oshawn Marino, Kansas City, Jamal Charles. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, Jamal Charles, hands down. All right. All right. Uh, Denver, Peyton Manning. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, I'll give you Peyton Manning, yeah. Well, let me ask this. I know where, I know where you're going, but let me ask this. The game's being played next Sunday. It's being played, I don't know, let's just say it's being played in London. Who are you taking, and what's the line? I might take Kansas City because uh-huh. defense wins games. Right. And Peyton is now on a streak where he's tossing a few interceptions. Yeah. So before he was the non-interception guy. He was 20-1. and one. Now he's 22-2. Uh, and two. So he's now had two weeks in a row where people have figured it out a little bit. They're not tip balls. They're not fluke interceptions. Right. You know, so, uh, you know, I think that as explosive as they are does not mean that Kansas City can't match it and control the, and, and control the time o'clock. Okay. I think uh I think I'd say Kansas City, I think they're plus four if they're playing in London right now. Against Denver. I think Denver's a four point favorite is what, what Vegas would put them at. So you're taking Kansas City plus the four or you're taking a money line for the value? Oh yes. Either way. The answer is yes. Good call by you. I know um, you man. Look yes, look for those value games. God, I love the value games. And it looks like Looks like we about have a 7-7 seven, seven game almost in this yeah, on the nine. Second and nine on the Dallas nine is uh, Washington solid. It's good for your over, right? I yeah. Over tonight. Yeah, I got the over and took and took the Redskins plus the points too. So too many stats kind of supported it. Um, let's see. There, there's not a heck of a you know. I, I, Tennessee, I think, is a better team than people think. Uh, you know, they they went into Seattle and lost by a touchdown, uh, which. Yeah, it doesn't surprise too many people, but they're in almost every game they play. I think they're a good value to bet on right now. If you, if you, they're they're usually dogs and uh, and they're not a bad team. They're a tough team that's in about every game. Just my take. Now that you need to have one, just just thinking of, as I'm looking through the scores. I mean, you have any other thoughts you want to run through about today's action? Um. Not really. <laughs> not really. When it comes down to it, uh, I've got to admit I lost a pretty bad bet. <laughs> oh man, the Saints one? Nope, the Jets one. Oh, the Jets one. We're, now I know it's a couple drinks to Snowflake, but did it hit the pocketbook pretty hard too? Uh, it hit decent enough. I mean, okay. it was it was one of the, not as bad as yesterday where I you know only picked four four games and. Pretty much washed out uh, my college bets, which I don't I don't budget for. I, bu- I budget to win money on Saturday. Yeah, uh, that's that's my trend. But I'll tell you the uh, it's more of a pride hit than it is a pocketbook hit. Sure. Uh, when I think about it, but man, you know Pittsburgh's a fucking horrible team, and I picked the Jets, which rarely happens. Mm-hmm. There's reason why I picked the Jets, but yeah, man, just didn't pull it off. So. Uh, congratulations to Snowflake for his team's first win. Also to my brother, uh, his birthday was yesterday. That was his. his it's his team too. Uh, so Steel City pulls one off. So when it comes down to those games, that's uh, that's that's a tough game for me. Yeah. All right. Well, I, in 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 sad news, I guess. So I'm gonna say like San Diego Chargers need to go to L.A. We talked about teams in L.A. for a long time and how they need to go somewhere. And, and I, it, it can't be any worse than how it's been in San Diego for them. They actually almost had their Monday night game tomorrow night with the Colts blacked out because they had 9,000 seats still available at the last minute that obviously um, sponsors and radio stations and stuff bought up. They, the fact that you can't sell out a Monday night game 
is pretty fucking ridiculous to me. Let me let me put it to you like this: if that game was in uh, was on the twenty eighth of October, would you stay the night and gone to it? Oh yeah, I would have. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Those tickets are gonna get bought up by somebody, yeah. you know, whether it be uh, La Migra across the border or whatever it is. Uh, dude, you're right. LA one needs a team. Uh, before London. So, Roger Goodell, go fuck off. Uh, if not, we'll just light you on fire, and we won't let Jerome Harrison or uh, <laughs> Anthony King Smith piss you out. There you go. Uh, but when it comes down to it, yeah, man, that's it's sad because this has been like a rivalry from a Rivers perspective uh, for a while. So, you'd think that when the Colts are coming to town, that you'd want your fans there. Yeah. My fear for San Diego is those extra 9,000 tickets were bought by Indianapolis people. Right. So when it comes down to it, you don't want the situation where, uh, like like the Packers fans or the Cowboys fans or even the Steelers fans, where they travel so well where they drown out your stadium because you're so not into it. So, yeah, like move that shit to L.A., find a place to put it uh, because those tickets would be bought every single time. Oh, yeah. And you look at, I mean, truly you have a point there. I mean, um, Andrew Luck went to Stanford, coming back to San Diego. I know it's uh, it's probably about a six-hour drive, um, but that's not too terribly bad to get from from Stanford down to down to see the Chargers, and and that may be not the nine thousand tickets that you're talking about. Yeah, hell yeah, man. So that's what it's it's kind of what I'm thinking about. It's like you know tomorrow night's game is going to be uh, I think a track meet. Yeah, it comes down to it. Uh, so anybody who's thinking about it, bet the over. I uh, don't even know what the line is at this point in time because I've already switched pages. 52, uh, I believe. Dude, that's uh, it's kind of average this year. We've seen a lot of 47 to 52 in the NFL. Yeah. A few games we've seen, uh, a few teams we obviously see in the low 40s. But yeah, I think it's going to be a track meet. That's kind of where Vegas likes to stick it. Uh, I don't know what Vegas' uh, um, plus yeah. money is. On, actually, you know, are, are they plus money on over-unders this year or uh, when people are betting the over and, are they taking us on it? So you know what I I saw a stat last week. Uh, actually, the the total tomorrow is fifty, so it's a little less than we thought. Um, that the over unders there was a difference of like three. It, it, it's pretty much almost dead even on over unders this year. So Vegas is good at making the line. Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> Bet on the house. Or maybe, or maybe we should start looking at the uh, referees again. Uh, <laughs> no. I say that loud shit. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, hey, you want to talk about next week? There's only a two games that I think are of major interest. Okay. Uh, one is Denver-Indianapolis Sunday night. That will be a huge, huge game. That will be a sick game. It's, it's, be here Peyton, and... it's Peyton coming home. Right. So, so I don't think the fans are going to boo Peyton. No. Um, you, live in that, you live in that city, so you tell me. Well, it's big. Uh, with the situation of how it happened. No, no, they shouldn't. They they got if they boo them, then it just proves every point that we that I've ever said about the city is how stupid the fucking fans are. Because there's no, I don't think they'll boo them, nor should they boo them. That's for sure. Right, and I think they should cheer him, man. That's yeah, just you know his comeback is uh, commendable. You know, and you know I think that's gonna be an exciting game. I'm looking forward to Sunday night. Uh, I don't think my wife is probably looking forward to me. <laughs> I'm gone all week, and then we leave on Wednesday the following week. So I'm sure she's worried about packing, and you know, we're gonna pack like eight bags to get to California. So 
Uh, When you think about it, dude, you got a wedding plus grown adults plus three hotel stays. uh, You know, it'll be it'll be a long week. Yeah. Uh, So I'm sure that's what will be on her mind. But I'll be like, uh, I'll probably just have my headphones on, listening to the game on which on the Denver broadcast because I can't stand the Indianapolis broadcast, uh, and then watching it on TV simultaneously. I'm right there with you. Right. Uh, I hate the Indiana, but, but so what's the second game that you like? Uh, let me get. I, I have not, an idea. All right, it's not that I like it. I think it's an important game. Okay. So what do you think it is? I was gonna say Cincinnati or Detroit. Nope. Oh, okay. Baltimore Pittsburgh. Oh, uh, all right. So we all know that division's still up for grabs. When it comes down to it, still up for grabs. Uh, and I think Baltimore is a is a stronger team than they've looked all season. And I'm hoping I'll be able to sucker uh, uh, two drinks back (laughs) from Snowflake. Uh, And we'll know if you listen to our show tonight uh, based off of uh, whether he takes the bet or not. Because you know he'll take that bet. Uh, It's in Pittsburgh. It's it's Flacco coming to town. Uh, But, yeah, dude, I think that's the other game. All the other games are pretty fucking weak. I mean, we're going to watch San Diego uh, score a bunch of points on Jacksonville. Well, I think I think San Diego outscores Jacksonville by 28 points uh, to prove everybody wrong, which we don't have lines yet. But, you know, San Diego and Denver are in the same fucking division. Yeah. Uh, and San Diego's traveling east. Uh, but dude, they just scored sick, you know. And Jacksonville is just kind of a mute fucking stadium. Yeah. You know, so, which, by the way, I think that's the race. Jacksonville Jaguars become the L.A. Jaguars. Oh, yeah, neither team can sell out. Now Jacksonville's talking about trading Maurice Jones-Drew, you know, if the offer's right, So, but which they should do. But I think I think there's a good – I think Cincinnati-Detroit will be a good game. I think that'll be all right to watch. Um, the Dolphins finally showed up today, so I will I will say it could be a good game. But I, yeah. I, pre-money, I'm putting my I'm putting my bet on uh, Detroit at this point in time. Um, and I think I think it's – I don't know if it'll be a good game, but one I'm interested to see how it plays out is, um, you know, I'm not, I was so sold on San Francisco before the season and I'm not too impressed with them so far into the season, you know, and they got to travel to Tennessee who is surprising people. So I'm, I'm interested to see how that turns out. San Francisco should win, but I'll take Tennessee in that game at home. They go, I'm, I, I'm hoping they're a home dog. If they're a home dog, dude, I'm definitely taking uh, I would venture to guess they definitely are. And I'll, I'll write what you said earlier. I'll take them as the line. I'll take them uh, money line as well. Yeah, because Fitzpatrick, unfortunately, none of us have confidence in. And he didn't look that great today either. Uh, but, hey, you know, you're dead on with San Francisco. They're suspect at this point in time. Yeah. Um, and what else? I don't know. Cleveland at Green Bay. You know, Green Bay down two wide receivers. If, if if they had Hoyer in in Cleveland, I would be like, you know, Cleveland's got a shot, but I don't know. That's I why I did. That's why I didn't tag that game. It's interesting. Yeah. I just think it is a measurement uh, against this week Cleveland Detroit game. That's all it is. What about Dallas at Philly? Uh, not exciting at all. I don't know. That was week one when uh, Philly what ran fifty three plays in the first half, I believe. Yep. That was. That was interesting. Now it's full. So we'll see. I think there's some stuff that could surprise us as every week we sit here and go through all this stuff. And the Monday night game, I'll be interested to see. I'll wear the jersey. I'll do all that. But I, it's not a great Monday night game when you have Minnesota at the Giants. 
fuck no. That's the that's the worst Monday night game I've seen in a, in a while. And, and I think they were hoping it'd be like a, a headbanger game when yeah. they when they, set the, when the NFL set the schedule. I'm not going to fault them because you had the guy who almost set the rushing record for a single season last year right. versus a team who seems like they're perennial. Uh, they appeared to have an elite quarterback who, by the way, Pey- uh, Peyton's little brother is no longer considered elite by any standard uh, when you throw that many interceptions. Uh, you know, so when it comes down to it, uh, yeah, uh, I'd be more excited for uh, the Kansas City-Houston game than I would be for that one. Yeah. And why I'd be excited for the Kansas City-Houston game is who's is Kansas City's defense going to outscore Houston's offense? Yeah, there you go. I think – the only thing good about that is just to watch and uh, cheer for AP. I'm sure they'll they'll play this week and um, what happened to him up the whole week and what he went through, and it'll draw attention Maybe because of that. season record next week. You know what? Against the Giants, it definitely could happen because Carolina is a much better defense than the Giants. You know, you keep feeding them. Let's see if Josh Freeman starts that week too, and if he does, you might as well just you know it, it's no worse than what they just had. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean Forte didn't have that great of a game against uh, the Giants, but when it comes down to it, you know, I'd be anxious to see what happens in that game. I mean, you know, comparative, I, you know, I'd almost put my money on the Giants in that one. You yeah. know, one of the few O and six teams left is at home. Yeah. You know, I'd be curious to see if they're a dog or not. Uh, I doubt they'll be a home dog, but they could be because they're 0-6 and they're 0-2 at home already. You know, so maybe maybe we'll see. Uh, You know, I don't think we'll see any 0-16 teams in the NFL this year, uh, including Jacksonville. I still think there's a couple games on their schedule that they could win. Um, Is that it? Yeah, I'm cheering for it, bro. Like, I'm cheering for the perfect season. I'm cheering for it. And it's happened already, though. No, I know, but it's always just, you know, it's fun to see that it still lives. You just want company, man. I definitely want company, man. I <laughs> I am pathetic. I'm, I'm just, I look at it, and I'm like, well, I don't have a chance ever. And, like, whatever. I'm starting people who I don't think will do as good as the other people because I'm like, well, they'll probably score better because I think lower of them. I don't have any mojo in that league, man. I'm three. I'm about to go four, one and one in another league, which is another money league, which that doesn't mean anything. It's not our league, so it doesn't really matter. But shit. And I'm, I'm sure I'll bore people to death because I'm gonna talk about my fucking team uh, just for oh, one second. Um, waiver wire and me don't usually get along. Uh, for the past three or four seasons. My waiver positions always sucked. Uh, and that's a good problem to have, by the way. That means you're winning games. Uh, so usually players that I target, I think they're obscure. Somebody else picks up because our league's so deep. Mm-hmm. Talks about the talent in our league. So I'm happy for that. This past week, I was happy to grab Kellen Winslow. <laughs> <laughs> and what happens two fucking days later? Suspended for four games. Well, you've got to be kidding me. You've been doing great on waiver wire this year, too. And thank goodness uh, that I happened to, like, be listening uh, to an ESPN broadcast uh, via satellite radio, and they said, Kellen Winslow is suspended for four games. And I don't recommend this, but driving down the road, I pulled up (laughs) our fucking CBS Fantasy League and immediately went to look for his backup and added him to my team before anybody else could. Because, like, First, 
like my tight end's on a bye week this week, so I had to have somebody. So Kellen Winslow is my guy. You know, there's no way I'm not going to put up a player that's going to score points. I'm not like some teams that will say, oh, I'll leave this player in just mm-hmm. because he has a potential of being injured, or I'm not going to pick him up. I'm not going to pick up an extra kicker. I'm just going to score zero points in the kicker category. I'll usually pick somebody up or drop some. Or, you know, when it comes to a kicker, I'll just drop him and pick somebody else up. Right. But when it comes to a tight end, you know, I I usually have one on my bench, and I made the mistake of, you know, having Kellen Winslow re- replace my replacement, you know, because I didn't believe he would do that well. Uh, my, uh, I had Brandon Myers from the Giants. So okay. I was like, ah, I'll just pick up Kellen Winslow off the waiver wire. I get him, and then he gets suspended uh, fucking three days or four days later. <laughs> uh, so my fucking luck. So you pulled a scrappy. You pick somebody up, and then a couple of days later you dropped him for somebody else. I guarantee I'll still be at maybe 10% <laughs> of the fees when it comes down to Look, the drops this year. He will have more ads and drops than everybody else in the league combined, I'm guessing. Uh, it's still a funny comment to say, that's for sure. Uh-huh. Here's what I'm disappointed in, though. Trades this year. Thank you for like setting up our trade. And I, I think I set you up okay. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it works. Well, it's going to work well both ways. I mean, you didn't need the receiver, you know. You got a uh, Decker, you know, and I forget who else you got, but you know, it, 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 it's not it's not changing the landscape of either one of our teams, but definitely solidifying them a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it both gives us backups. If if Andre Johnson starts taking off, and you know, by the way, you know, a, a, a top four round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you think about it, you know. So uh, I thought it was a fair trade. So I'm certainly down to do it, but. That's what's disappointing in our league this year, man, is uh, trades, I think, are the uh, most quintessential part of fantasy. You know, it's it's about relationship and building it and everything else. So mm-hmm. it might be something we got to think about in future is think about our, our trade system. And uh, I don't know if it's bonus points for a trade, probably not bonus points, but maybe uh, just shrinking down the uh, bench a little bit. Yeah, maybe like, yeah, that could be true. Or dropping uh... – you know, uh, what, 10 points or, uh, you know, adding 10 cents for each trade, something stupid like that. You know, who knows? And then... Uh, oh, having tiered trade. You, you hit, or not, 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 oh, you're talking about adding, adding dollars. That's yeah, yeah, you know, just like... Taking it taking it out of the waiver kitty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Something along those lines, who knows? And then, uh, truthfully, uh, you know, I, I think I've offered a few trades and I've been offered, and, uh, like, I think I was offered... Uh, the pro athlete offered me Terrell Pryor for Andre Johnson and somebody else, and I just have no need for Terrell Pryor. I mean, I got I got I got backups and stuff like that, so I just kind of was ah, whatever. It almost sounds like a uh, I guess we'll call them Eskimo sisters at this point in time. <laughs> yeah, kind of like it, huh? <laughs> yeah, there was someone else I forget, but I had Geno Smith and and somebody else. And I mean, I'm. I'm, I'm, you know, Brady's gonna kill me all year long, but I gotta go with him because he may put out that 35 point game. And dude, you have no choice but to stick with Brady. Yeah. When when you when you draft Brady, you gotta play him. Just like me, when I draft Manning, I'm gonna play him even in bad weeks. I'm gonna play him against Kansas City in the week that I have to play him. Uh, I probably won't. I and I'm, I think I've got a better backup when it comes down to Andy Dalton. You know, the guy's scored yeah. 30 points this week and outscored my quarterback. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes down to it. Play play the player you drafted uh, because that's what this league's about. That's what fantasy is about, people. Uh, first and foremost, fantasy is about your draft, not about uh, you know, the season. At that point in time, it just becomes all luck. Yeah. Not injury luck, just luck. 
That does. There's, there's, or that too. And and the same is said, like, when you make those moves, like, I, the reason why I do well in my other league, it's a keeper league. I have keepers of Adrian Peterson and Calvin Johnson because people made bad trades before and, you know, traded AP when he was hurt and I took a chance on him. And I forget how I got Calvin Johnson. I think I actually might have drafted him. And so I'm pretty much set. I, I could I could draft my other team into this team and keep those two guys and probably still have the same record. But that's how shitty my other team is too. I hear you, man. Yeah, well, so. that's solid, bro. Yeah, it's fun time. So I don't know, bud. That's really all I got tonight. You got anything else, bro? Absolutely nothing. All right. Well, uh, final thought. I know I just well, asked if you have anything else, but do you have a final thought at least? Uh, well, I always have a final thought. That's what I figured. I, I save that part. You know, I, I know when you're asking if there's anything else, we're talking about sports. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, a shared thought on final thoughts is uh, maybe not die in the uh, press box while he's announcing the final <laughs> game of the World Series. Uh, but uh, I, I, I agree with the last show. Uh you know, that maybe retire on top is not a bad idea. I, I'd love to see that for him, uh, you know, go out on top. And then uh, the, the secondary final thought, which we always have, uh, it's Boob Awareness Month. We <laughs> stare because we care, um, you know, and we're, we see the NFL support it. Uh, we, we watch a lot of sports support it, whether it be Major League Baseball during the playoffs, they put up banners in the outfield, uh, usually some sort of banner, uh, behind the uh, catcher uh, when, for the pitcher, you know, you, you got to understand, you know, when it comes down to uh, breast cancer, it's one of the most invasive pieces. You know, don't think you're doing enough by going to do a Susan G. Komen uh, breast cancer thing. Uh, it really comes down to donating to a local uh, hospital, uh, joining one of your local community uh, groups when it comes down to it, because that's supporting people directly uh, in your community, uh, Susan G. Komen, uh unfortunately takes too much money of the of the pie yeah. uh, from administrative costs, uh, and I hate to call out a you know when it comes down to it a company, or or, or I'll call it a company, but an organization who collects uh, a ton of donations and still puts money into the pipeline uh, to support. Uh, but the best way you can put the money into the pipeline is just do it locally, uh, create communities of uh, cancer awareness, so people just actually will move to that community, which is good for you too raise your home value and everything else. But, uh, you know, typically uh, when we talk about boob awareness, it's, it's comical, uh, but, you know, it's serious shit uh, when it comes down to breast cancer. So uh, everybody who listens to our show, I hope that you go out and uh, think about your United Way donation or think about the year-end tax deduction you're trying to make and just do it to a local hospital that has a cancer center. Um, That's perfect because... Uh... It is that month, and, you know, it's funny you say that about Susan G. Komen, because when I was, uh, when my mom passed, we uh, we said, you know, people wanted to help pay for the funeral or whatever. We just said donate to uh, the, you know, Cancer Foundation of your choice. And my sister got a little mad at that. She said, well, can we put out certain ones we want them to donate to because, um, you know, because, some are so commercialized and, and take so much money, you know, to put back in their administrative costs. And we, we we didn't really fight about it. We talked about it. I guess it's just wherever you feel comfortable, you feel comfortable but uh, to donate as long as you're donating. But you're right, man. I mean, so many other places do a lot more than, than just that. But I bet dollars for dollars, I would venture to guess they, they do quite a bit. 
Um, my final thought, um, it, it's really, you know, we're, we're lucky enough to, to sit back here and, and talk some shit about sports, talk some shit about, you know, whatever it is we feel, politics. You know, we have a few other shows on the network, whether it be Footprints or Village Idiots, which is on here in a little bit, and uh, Idiots in a Box. Um, thanks to the people who listen. Um, actually, I, I hear we're picking up a new listener in Phil Jackson, which is pretty awesome. Um, and uh, hopefully we don't cuss too much for him because he carries guns and he's a lot bigger than I am, and I'll be seeing him, I think, in, a, in October. Um, so just thanks for everybody who listens. Thanks for everybody who does it all. But thanks more importantly to you, know, you buddy, for coming on and hanging out and doing what you do. Appreciate it. And that's really all I got. So I guess on that, motherfuckers, we're out. This is going to be one fucked up podcast. And we've got players now coming up limp. EP in football. This is a guy who's broken down. You don't know the power of the dark side. I believe in karma, man. Seriously? You fellas been doing a bit of boozing, have you? Sucking back on Grandpa's old cough medicine? Oh, Rondo just got ejected. Seriously? I'm talking about the the, the pre-intercourse. There's still maybe some titties. What we've got here is failure to communicate. That was a freak day.